This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Tell you what, if you haven't been outside in a while, you need to go check it out. Get you a little bit of vitamin D, man. The sun is shining. Just came in from outside, made a little... Beef jerky run before the show, and I'll tell you, man, I went outside and I was pleasantly surprised. And you're probably wondering, why in the hell are you starting the show like that? Well, because it's cold in this studio, but it's nice and warm outside. So uh, hopefully you're enjoying your Friday Raider Nation. We're here for the next couple hours. Then we'll pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor, this unnecessary roughness, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Demon Cotton, behind the wheels of steel. Your boy Q here, uh, going to hold it down for the next couple hours. Excited about what we have for you. I uh, got some prizes to give out today. I mean, today's one of those Fridays, man. You're about to head into the weekend. By the way, it's a three-day weekend. We're all off on Monday. It's a, it's a federal holiday. So around here, these parts, we actually take days off. And Damon, you know that I'm a stranger to this. I, every time someone tells me that, hey, we're off because of a holiday, I, I keep looking around like, what do you mean? What a holiday? But apparently we have uh, Monday off. It's President's Day, so uh, we got to make this a good one. This, the yesterday's show was okay, but we got to make this one a good one to make up for not being here on Monday. You're right about that because taking a day off for the holiday, I had to be around it. What is the holiday? President's <laughs> Day. If, if no one would have told me, I wouldn't have known. I don't celebrate President's Day. I don't know how to do it. It's maybe go look at a mattress. Well, there you go. There well, you go. That you you hear about. That's the only President's Day sales I ever hear about. That's true. They do have those kind of sales. But no, I just usually, I'll, I'll tell you straight up, normally in the radio business, we don't really have holidays unless they're just the major, major days like Christmas and Thanksgiving and stuff like that. Like the real major, massive holidays. Like we never get bankers holidays. I used to always get mad at the wife because the wife got every holiday. If it's any kind of holiday, she got it off. She'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm off on Monday. Why? Oh, because so-and-so holiday. Of course you are. So now I kind of get what we're, we're kind of getting the little banker holidays around here. So uh, we're going to roll with it. And I know that we had what holiday was it that we didn't get, even though we were all off, but we didn't take it off. I wouldn't let us take it off. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Oh, that's but it was in the season. That's why. Because <laughs> we were right there in the heart of a season. Right. So, see, that's the thing. Sometimes you've got to put your your heart aside. You know, you want to go and have the holiday off because, well, it's a holiday and you should take it off. But I mean, we're right there in the middle of a uh, of a, or a season. A playoff run? I mean, you, there was no way we were taking that day off. Well, if the NFL gets his way and adds that 18th game, then the season's just going to be pushed back even further, and it might fall on President's Day the day after the Super Bowl. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. But no, uh, we're, we're, we're here. Uh, we're going to knock it out the park the next couple hours. And like I said, just a little programming note, we will not be here on Monday as we'll all be off for President's Day. But i uh, got a fantastic show lined up for you. I am uh, excited to give out some prizes, including tickets to the stadium tour. And you're probably wondering, what stadium? I said it to Zaman earlier, and he thought I was talking about go to Allegiant Stadium and check out the stadium. No, it's going to Allegiant Stadium, but you're going to check out Motley Crue. You're going to check out Def Leppard. You're going to check out Poison. You're going to check out Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. All those are groups that I thought that my neighbors back in the day, I thought that that was their original music when it wasn't. They were just playing it as a band in the garage. Old Michael and Brian back in Pittsburgh, California. Shout out to Pittsburgh, California. But yeah, man, they were playing that those songs in the garage and, and they were playing Queen and all of those good jams, man. They were playing all that music and I thought, man, these guys are good. They got something. Yeah, they got something. They got a hold of someone else's music. <laughs> I just didn't know no better. 
I didn't know any better. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna give out those tickets. We're gonna pair out of those tickets to the stadium tour before three o'clock. So make sure you're listening up for that. I'll be looking for caller number eleven at 702-365-9200. Then uh, before four o'clock, before the show gets wrapped up, we'll give out porta subs. We'll give out a six foot sub and also get you in to win that Yeti cooler. So we got a lot of prizes that we're gonna give you going into the weekend. Uh, got a lot of great uh, Raider talk to give you. A lot of good sports talk in general to give you. Uh, so we're gonna rock and roll with you for the next couple hours. And of course, throughout the course of the show, we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. And then the Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up on the show today, the guest we have at 2.30, Matt Holder from silverandblackpride.com. He'll join the show to start talking about the NFL draft. And we're going to have a lot of different folks from all kind of different places and all kind of different outlets join the show throughout the course of now to April 28th when the actual draft gets started, talking about the NFL draft. But Matt does a really good job. I know he went to the Senior Bowl. Uh, he likes to cover the draft like a glove, and so he got a lot of good early takes, and you can follow him on Twitter at mholder95. So we'll start to talk NFL draft with him coming up about 2.30. At 3 o'clock, we'll have cover three NFL news and notes of the day. We'll scatter shoot around the league, see what's going on, what coaching hires are going on. Roger Goodell on the on the brinks of getting a contract extension. I'm sure no no NFL fan really is a fan of that, but at the same time, it's the inevitable. The dude makes a ton of money for the NFL owners, so you know what they're going to do? They're going to vote him an extension. Simple as that. It'll probably be his fourth extension that he'll get since being since taking over in 2006 as the commissioner. Uh, it doesn't make me any difference. It really doesn't. It, he, he doesn't bother me. I know everyone boos him at the draft, and that's cool, and that's fun, but whatever. I mean, Roger's Roger. He's got all the power. The owners and the players, they all gave it to him anyway. They all voted it. So anyone who gets mad would say, oh, Roger has too much power. Well, the teams, they voted it. They're the ones who put him in. give it to himself. Yeah, they put him in that position. So you want to be mad, be mad at yourself. So that's just uh, one of the little news and notes that we'll have at 3 o'clock for Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. Uh, then at 3.15 from Pro Football Focus, we got Doug, Doug Kide. He's an NFL reporter. And this is going to be fun. In the 3 o'clock hour, it's going to be a lot of fun. He actually is going to do a deep dive. He put out a piece uh, talking about free agency and talked about the Raiders and their new coaches and kind of what their tendencies may be in free agency. We've had a lot of free agency talk around here the last few days, and we're going to continue to have some today. But Doug will join us to kind of talk about what he thinks Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels will be comfortable bringing in as far as free agents go, who he'll be, they'll be comfortable bringing in as far as free agents go. So uh, we'll have that conversation at 3.15. And then right after that at 3.30, we'll have Michael Giannitti from Spotrack.com. And I really enjoy checking out that website. It gives you a great idea of salary cap. It gives you a good idea of contracts. I mean, it really breaks it down by the money. And look, the Raiders only have about $20 million in salary cap. A lot of us are talking about what guy you want to go get here, what guy you want to go get there, and we're going to do that today. My show question, my show topic is, has to do with free agency. So that's coming up, but how do they move it around? How do they negotiate that? How do they get everyone that they got to get under contract, under contract? They got Derek Carr an extension coming up, right? Max Crosby's going to need some money. Hunter Renfro's going to need some money. Oh, and by the way, you want to go outside the building and spend some money. So how do you do it? You know, they're not, they're not the Miami Dolphins that have like $60 million in cap space. Now, there was a time when the Raiders had about $60, $70, 80000000 million. Reggie McKenzie was the GM and really didn't do a whole lot with it, in my opinion. Didn't do a whole lot with it. Uh, kind of sat on that money. Uh, then John Gruden and company, they had some money, and they did, you know, did a little bit here and there. They went out and tried to make some splashes, but it didn't really come through like the first of the month either. So uh, now they're... They don't have a whole lot to work with. Dave Ziegler doesn't have a whole lot to work with, so we'll talk to Michael Giannitti coming up at 3.30, just how they can finagle the, the salary cap. And, you know, and, and you're looking at some of their contracts that they have, like a Corey Littleton, who if they were to release him, like many people have said, hey, they need to go ahead and do that. It's like $14 million in dead money because they've renegotiated his contract. They've, they've restructured his contract so many different times. 
all you're doing is it's like a credit card payment. At some point, you gotta you gotta pay that bill, right? So uh, we'll talk to Michael about all things contract, all things salary cap coming up at three thirty. So that's the show rundown. P- please believe we got winning on the way. As I mentioned, stadium tour tickets and Porta subs. We're gonna get you hooked up with that six foot sub and get you in to win that Yeti cooler. That's all coming up on today's show. Now let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So it's funny, this morning I was checking out Twitter as I do each and every day, and I was working on some stuff at the house, and I saw Sunday Night Football tweet out a picture of Allen Robinson, and it basically said, who's going to sign him? So I quote tweeted and said, Raider Nation, yes or no? Simple as that. That's all I asked was yes or no. And it was so funny because it got so much traction and a lot of people said yes, a lot of people said no, and they gave an explanation why, and that's okay. And then some people hit me with, well, what does Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels think? Well, look, if I knew that, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there to, to, to Raider Nation. I'm just getting your opinion. So that's what I'm doing here. There's going to be a lot of, of people that are available in free agency. I mentioned it on yesterday's show. I did a podcast about it. Pro Football Focus has their top 200 out on my podcast today. I actually put out five guys that I would love to see the Raiders go after. And I'm not saying all five of them. I'm just saying those are the five guys that I would focus in on. But a couple of them are realistic and others are unrealistic. And I realize that. Like Devontae Adams, in my opinion, unrealistic. J.C. Jackson, defensive back from New England, unrealistic. In my opinion, those are high-dollar guys that I don't believe the Raiders could afford. But that's just my opinion. Doesn't mean I'm right. It's just my opinion. Guys like Allen Robinson, who I tweeted about earlier, I think that that is a more realistic opportunity and still might not be what Dave Ziegler and, and Josh McDaniels want to do. But I think that the Raiders need a, a number one wide receiver. I know uh, Allen's not a, a, a speedster. I know he's not going to replace the speed of Henry Ruggs, but he's a damn good wide receiver that's done a lot with bad quarterback play. Really bad quarterback play. So I think he'd be a great addition to the Raiders' offense. But again, that's just me. Uh, One of the other guys that I picked out was uh, Morgan Moses, the tackle from the Jets. I think that, well, I know that the Raiders need help at the right tackle position. I don't know what they're going to do with that. I think that that would be a nice fix, and I think that that's realistic. And then Stephon Gilmore, he was the other guy that I talked about, and I also think that's realistic. He's not going to cost as much as a J.C. Jackson is going to cost. He's a little older in the tooth, but he's still a damn good player. He comes from a system that uh, that Patrick Patrick Graham is going to try to run with the Raiders. He's, he's very familiar with that scheme. So I think it would be a good scheme fit. Probably be similar to what Casey Hayward was, just a little bit. A little bit younger as far as, you know, not as much tread on the tires. And I think that he still has a, a, a lot of good ball, ball skills. So that's why I picked Stephon Gilmore. And I thought that's one of my guys that are realistic. But look, that was five guys out of a list of two. You can go through that list with a fine tooth comb, you know, and say, hey, this would be a great one. This would be a great one. Whatever. You're not going to be able to get everybody. And I don't think that going and trying to build your team through free agency is a good idea anyway. But you could pick a couple guys here. You could pick a couple guys there and be good to go and then go and address other needs in the in the draft. And I know that at sitting at number 22, it's probably going to be more of a, if they stay put, it'll probably be more of a, just the best player available, which it should be anyway. But we all know that the, the league, they, they, they go for the best player available, but they go for the best player available in position of need, in my opinion. Again, just my opinion. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But sitting at number 22, you kind of got to watch to see how the, the board falls, see if there's any trades that happen, and see who's the best person available. Like the Cowboys, I don't think that they meant to get CeeDee Lamb when they got him. He just happened to be available and was the best player there. So they're like, well, hell, we can get another weapon. Let's add this weapon to our offense. And it worked out, you know, really well for him. So sometimes you get lucky like that. Sometimes a guy falls to you. 
Uh, another Cowboy example is Micah Parsons. You know, they were all set to take a guy like Patrick Sertan. They were set to take him or J.C. Horn. That was the two guys that they were targeting in the draft. Corners, top flight corners. Both guys were gone. Denver made the move for Patrick, and uh, the Carolina Panthers went and made the move for, uh, for a J.C. Horn. And so all of a sudden, the Cowboys thought, well, what the hell we do now? Trade back and got Micah Parsons and probably ended up with the best player out yes, of them. Yes, exactly. You know the what I mean? Best defensive. Oh, we lucked into the <laughs> they best did. defensive I mean, player they did, in the draft. Though. They did luck into him. Some guys have all the luck. Well, some I mean, teams, it, uh, yeah, it wasn't who they wanted. It's just who they got. And it ended up working out probably better than both guys. Not saying that J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertan are any kind of slouches because they're not. But, man, that Micah Parsons is a game wrecker. And remember, he didn't even play last year or the year before. He sat out because of COVID. He opted out. The dude came into the league just balling. Smart decision on his part. Clearly. Yeah, I guess he knew something that none of us knew, that he was going to ball out like that. So my question I want to throw out there to you, Raider Nation, love to hear from you as always, 702-365-9200 and the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. What kind of players do you want to see the Raiders be in free agency? And when I say that, I mean how active do you want them to be in free agency? And, and what kind of direction would you like to see them go? Like they may have an opportunity to go and get one big-time name with the salary cap space that they have. Maybe they could find a way to get one big name under their, under their belt. But would you rather them go for that one big fish or would you like to get a, a, a couple smaller ones and, and fill a couple needs, like maybe an offensive lineman and a second or third tier wide receiver instead of a top flight wide receiver? Personally, I think you need to get a veteran cornerback. I think a veteran cornerback needs to come out of free agency. I really do because I, I think that that's going to be one of the areas that struggle for the Raiders this year. I don't think that they have that top flight guy. So would you, so do you think they should spend the money on that veteran quarterback? I think that they should get I think honestly I think they should go after Stephon Gilmore. I think they should hey. do whatever whatever they whatever they can to get Stephon Gilmore. I would prefer JC Jackson. He's a ball hawk, he's younger, he's a stud, he's been playing across with Stephon Gilmore. I think that that would be I I'd do a backflip and I'm not a gymnast. I would do a backflip if they did that. I just don't think it's possible. I think it's one of those unrealistic wishes. So I don't like to live in the unrealistic world, but like I said if I had my choice that would be the guy. But I would like to know from you, Raider Nation, exactly where you would like to see the Raiders, how you'd like to see them navigate through free agency. Go for a big fish or maybe try to fill a couple holes with guys that you know have a couple years, couple years left that are, are going to be quality years and they can provide some veteran leadership and, and be that player. Uh, like I said, like Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson is a damn good wide receiver. He's a possession guy. He's not going to be a speedster. He's not going to take the top off the defense. Don't get me wrong. Maybe you go find a speedster in the draft, but he's a guy that could be very reliable. He'll make himself open for Derek Carr all the time. He's going to catch the ball. I mean, look who he had throwing them the ball. He had Mitchell Trubisky. He had Justin Fields. I mean, he had every, every other quarterback, Andy Dalton. Think about all the scrubs that he had. And I don't mean Justin Fields is a scrub, but he's so unknown. But Trubisky was a scrub. Andy Dalton, we all know what he was. Where's Where's my guy from Atlanta? He's a bum. A bum. He's a bum. <laughs> but we, Trubisky and we Dalton need to are record, both. We needed to record that and use it anytime we want. He's a bum. <laughs> they're both bums, but like bums. they're both on this two hundred on this list of two hundred. They're low, <laughs> but it's still like you're telling me somebody's gonna pay Mitchell Trubisky like seven million guaranteed to be the backup for the season. Probably. Wow. Probably. Well, we were talking about Marcus Mariota yesterday, talking about eight million for him. He's at least made the playoffs with the team. I know, but what has he done lately? Not a whole lot. We exactly, talked about that a lot. That's too. what I'm saying. What have you done for me lately? That's that's what I'm saying. So, uh, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's you know, free agency is a crapshoot. I, I like to call it fool's gold because a lot of times there's reasons why these players become free agents. It's just it just is what it is. But you got to get the right fit. 
And that's why we'll talk to, to talk to Doug Kide coming up at 315 to talk about what he thinks, what he thinks Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels will be comfortable with going to and grabbing in free agency. Uh, Sam and Ash text line 69187, Big Deuce. Could you fill us in on? Can you fill us in some on Allen Robinson? Yeah, uh, like I said, real quick, man. He's he's a he's a damn good wide receiver. He's got really good hands. Uh, I know he got banged up uh, last season, but I mean he's dealing with terrible quarterback play. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who would be reliable for uh, for Derek Carr? That would be Allen Robinson. He's not a speedster. He's not going to take the top off the defense. That's not that's not who he is. But he is a guy with some damn good hands, and he's going to make the play for you. And He's also not a disruptive dude because really with what Chicago's done with him, franchising him and giving him terrible quarterback play, that dude could have sat on the on the sideline and scrubbed his social media with uh, getting rid of all the Bears stuff like you're seeing Kyler Murray do in Arizona. You can see him be pulling a diva move. He's not that dude. That dude is, is a guy that, that I think he'd be a damn good addition to the Raiders. But, you know, it's all about what they need and what they want. So. Uh, that's just a little bit of the skinny on Allen Robinson. I can give you some. I can break down some numbers a little bit later, but uh, let's just put it like this, Big Deuce. He's a he's a he's a really good wide receiver. He would be immediately. I mean, I know Hunter Renfro is the guy, but he'd be immediately the best wide receiver on the team. Straight up, straight up. He wasn't healthy. He didn't. He didn't. He wasn't able to play at all but eleven games last right. season. But his last full season, one hundred and two catches, twelve hundred yards. Right. Exactly. That's so, what I'm saying. He'd be the best wide receiver. Mr. Trubisky as his starting quarterback. Exactly. And Mailman Raider just said, Allen Robinson was a top five wide receiver with Blake Bortles throwing on the ball in Jacksonville. That's right. Forgot about that. If DC could make Nelson Aguilar to a big threat, then Allen Robinson would be a top three. I'll cash that ticket now. Great way to summarize it, Mailman Raider. Great way to summarize it. Sam and Ash text line. Great job. 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go out to the phone lines, though. 702-365-9200. Who we got up first, Devon? Raider Kingpin. Kingpin! What's up, brother? Welcome to the what show. Chilling. Hey, man, um, I, I got a little different take on it. You know, okay. I like uh, Hassan Reddick, you know, coming out of North Car- uh, South Carolina. Okay. I also like uh, pick up, you know, Dominican Sue. Oh. And then uh, DJ Shark. So now those are just three big needs. We can get some we can get some rookies to sit behind them, do their thing. You know, I think Carr can make DJ Shark a beast. I think he's just been looking for somebody to build that confidence. Uh, a little different than, than Brian Edwards. I, I think that ship has sailed. But, uh you know, I, I think smart, meticulous moves, not going for the big ticket is, is what's going to get the Raiders where they need to be. Okay, good stuff. Hey, I, li- I like that, man. Good stuff. And Hassan Reddick, I'll tell you a quick story about him. I was a big fan of Hassan Reddick when he was coming out of Temple. Really big fan of his. That was a guy that was a running back when he got to college. Uh, he played DN. He played linebacker. Matt Rule moved him over to the defensive side of the ball. I mean, he he did some things. And then he went to Arizona and just really didn't really fit there. You know, just things weren't weren't going well in Arizona with him. He had one really good year, and then he ends up in Carolina with the Panthers. And, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen with him now. But he had a hell of a year in, in Arizona and did okay with Carolina this past year. Speaking of Carolina, let me go ahead before we hit the phone lines again. Uh, former Carolina Panther defensive line coach Frank Ocam is being hired by the, the Raiders as their D-line coach. And I'm excited and fired up about that because I actually know the guy. <laughs> I know Frank Ocam, and uh, he was a guy who went to the University of Texas. He was a fifth-round draft pick of the Texans. Uh, he's, he's coached at Rice. He's coached at Baylor, coached with the Carolina Panthers. And earlier this uh, during the season, or at the, right at the, towards the end of the season, I know Matt Rule and company uh, let him go, which is surprising because he has a really good relationship with Coach Rule. But um, yeah, there's some things going on in Carolina. Matter of fact, I tried to get someone on to talk about what was going on in Carolina, but Everybody was super busy, but the guy that I was reaching out to, we were texting back and forth. I said, well, give me a rundown, man. Frank Ocam's a hell of a defensive line coach. Why, why did he get let go? And he said, man, 
I would say Matt Rule is definitely feeling the heat to change a lot of the staff, and that's exactly what he's done this offseason. Probably that and a mixture of defensive tackle play not being the best, nor really developed, especially with the first-round pick Derek Brown in the middle. They definitely got ran on, but also roster a bunch of fast, twitch, smaller guys. Edge rushers were productive for sure. Overall, I'd blame Rule for feeling the heat. So that was the rundown. That was from my guy Walker Mel, who does a radio there in Charlotte, uh, and that's what he was saying. That was kind of the skinny on Frank o- Ocam, why, why there's been so much uh, moving and shaking as far as the Carolina Panthers and their, their, uh, their coaching staff goes. Uh, it's more on Matt Rule feeling the heat. And, again, anyone who's listened to me for any period of time knows I'm a Matt Rule guy. I think that he's a hell of a coach, but he has not got it done. He started off pretty strong, and all of a sudden, just the bottom fell out. I don't know how many times we were doing our pickums week after week after week. Don't, I don't care who they were playing. I'm like, oh, I got Matt Rule and company. They're going to get it done. And all of a sudden, it's like, loss. Lost. Because what they lost. start three and zero or yeah, they're like three and zero, four and zero, and then they fell off. They're like, well, they're not playing anybody. That's fine. That's fine. They don't have to play nobody. They're playing his own schedule. Yeah, they fell off real quick. So I don't know what Coach Rule's doing. This may be if he don't get things turned around. This might be his last year in Carolina. So that's something to pay attention to. But Frank Ocam is now the defensive line coach for the Silver and Black. It hasn't been officially announced, but I feel pretty comfortable talking about it. Jeremy Fowler from ESPN put that news out there last night. So. We'll wait for that to be officially announced. Let's go back out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Who we got up next? Dark Side Don. Dark Side. Welcome to the show. What's up, brother? What's good, y'all? Chilling. Hey, look. I'm 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 been I've been banging the table for like the last week because people are really not mentioning dude, but I'm 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 gonna sit on that on that on that on that hill and, and holler for Brandon Cooks. Okay. Like uh I believe that he can come in. He he will take the top off the defense. The only thing is the concussion issue. So mm-hmm. he's, not, he's not gonna he's not gonna be over the over the top expensive, and he knows he knows the system somewhat. Then on on the flip side of that, I I expect them to move Nate out to the outside and then fill in that nickel position. So I'm thinking probably go ahead and get you know Gilmore on on, on a little on a little the little softer side of of, of probably what he's gonna ask for. And then to fill that veteran role, and then go ahead and get us a, a right tackle, and then draft the right tackle in the draft, probably in the later round, because this is supposed to be a deep draft for the O line. So uh, that's what I'm looking at. I, I would rather go. I don't mind the Allen Robinson joint, okay? Because 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 I do know that he's he's a dang good wide receiver, but I just feel that we have enough of possession and, and, and on the offense as it is already. Adding another possession is just gonna kind of like crowd things, I guess. Because they work, the Raiders work the hash. Mark McDaniel's works the hash in the middle of that field. So if if that's going to be the case, that's going to be kind of crowded, dude. With another possession receiver right there, we do need somebody to play outside of the number, outside of the numbers, and take that top off. That's how I'm looking at it. Okay, I like it. Hey, good call, Dark Side. Good, great call. As a matter of fact, I'll say this though that that concussion history for Cooks that scares the mess out of me. Not because I, I I'm I'm worried that the Raiders are going to sign him. And he's going to get a concussion. I'm more worried about him. You know what I'm saying? When you start to get multiple concussions, I get worried about the player itself. At some point, I always feel like, hey, man, at some point, you need to, you need to take that helmet away from that guy and sit him on down. I, I'm, I'm very close to that point when it comes to Brandon Cooks. That's my only concern. I know that he's a damn good wide receiver. Like you said, he could take the, the top off. Uh, he'll, he'll, catch, he'll track all, all the balls. But that concussion history, man, that just worries me. It really does. I don't want to see uh, another situation where guys just have these concussions and they got to shut it on down. So uh, that's that's my biggest concern when it comes to Cooks. But, uh, you know, you, you bring up great points about his ability on the field when he is right. Uh, let's go out to uh, 702-365-9200. Let's go out to who we got, Passionate Raider? Passionate Raider, what's on your mind, brother? 
what's happening to you and the mine. Yeah, I just got back from buying some fish and stuff. You know, I made it to the house okay. Wife, you didn't kill me. I'm still alive. I'm Perfect. still alive. <laughs> uh, man, I, I, I think, Q, man, I, I've been thinking about it really, really hard, too, man. We need to, uh, to make big moves in the offseason, but really address the defense. I don't think we need a big-name top-flight receiver that's going to be the highest-paid receiver in the NFL to come over to win us games. If D.C. is smart enough as he is, Josh doesn't run a big – Josh has never – if you know the Patriots, besides when Randy Moss was there, they've never been a big bomb type of throwing offense. They're the, the short, intermediate, uh, get into the zone, move it downfield. Zay Jones and D.C. have good rapport together. Waller, Renfro, bring another guy like an Allen Robinson, like you're saying, but like you, I'm just like you. Cooks, no way. Dude has been hurt way too many times to even try to bring him in and be like, this is going to be our number one. Our luck, he'll be gone before the season even starts. So I wouldn't even mess around with Cooks. I like the Allen Robinson. I like the DJ Chark move, but I think whatever it is, whatever we can get the biggest draft capital for or make moves, we really need to beef up that quarterback position. In the AFC, we need someone to lock down these wide receivers on the other team. Because if we can't stop them, we can't beat them. So that's been our biggest thing is cornerback is, is play. We're going to be losing Hayward. We, uh, the uh, other boy is suspect. He's always hurt. And we really don't – besides Hobbs, who else do we have to go run up with these boys in the AFC West with these, with these quarterbacks? I think we need to focus on that defense, spend some money more on that defense. The offense is already legit. Right tackle – Wide receiver, not a big boy. Let's go play ball. All Thanks right. for taking my call, guys. Absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff right there. I like that. And, uh, yeah, I forgot to address the DJ Chark. I, I, I know that he has a lot of ability, but, man, it just seems like there's no consistency there when it comes to DJ Chark. And he seems like he's injured a bunch. He just had that fractured ankle last season. Uh, you know, so I know that he has, he has the potential. But I don't know if the Raiders need to go out and make a move for a guy that has potential. You know what I'm saying? I think they need to go out and, and if they're going to make a free agent move, Go get a guy. Go get a guy that you know has the goods. Not a guy that you think is going to be. Not a Tyrell Williams. You know what I'm saying? Remember Tyrell Williams? Oh, he could be this. He could be that. He could be this. He can't be nothing if he's not on the field. Potential guys. This team doesn't need potential guys. No, they have potential guys. His name is Brian Edwards. He has potential, but he hasn't lived up to it. They need to get a guy that is already established. That's why I said Allen Robinson. I know a lot of people talking about take the the top off the, the defense. Hey, last time that the... The last time the, the Raiders were, were really good and threatening and went to the Super Bowl, who'd they have? They had Tim Brown and Jerry Rice. Neither one of those cats were speedsters. Let's not get it twisted. Now, neither one of them ever got caught from behind once you saw the back of their jersey. And I know they had Jerry Porter, too. But come on. Let's just be honest about the situation. Those guys weren't speedsters. But they caught the rock, and they did everything that they had to afterwards. So, yes, I'd like to see a speedster added to the, the, the list and the, and the roster. But like I said, you could probably get that. Probably get that in the draft. So we'll get back to this conversation. I would like to hear from you on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, what direction would you like to see the Raiders go in free agency? Do you want to see them go after a top-tier guy? Do you want to see them get a few lower-level guys? How active do you want the Silver and Black to be in free agency? Matt Holder, silverandblackpride.com. He's going to join the show next, talk all things NFL draft. We're fast and furious. Unnecessary roughness. Red Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Joining us now on the phone lines to take an early look at the upcoming draft in April, April 28th. Matter of fact, uh, it's going to be here in Las Vegas. Very excited about that. Got my guy Matt Holder from Silver and Black Pride. He's on Twitter at mholder95. And Matt, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Wanted to get your thoughts on the draft. Uh, as far as talent goes, what do you think is the, the deepest area of talent in this upcoming draft? Yeah, well, Q, first of all, thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. Always appreciate when uh, every can bring me on here. But um, I think for me, one of the biggest positions that uh, that the Raiders are gonna be looking at that's gonna be pretty deep is gonna probably be the wide receiver class. I feel like there's a lot of guys that the the people might pique the Raiders' interest. A lot of guys, a lot of tall guys who can run, which is uh, obviously something that everyone look, was looking for, especially the Raiders being. Uh, you know, devoid of that deep threat that uh, that has been gone since Henry Ruggs has been missing. What about Chris Olave, the wide receiver out of Ohio State? Uh, do you think he'd be available at number twenty-two, and do you think he'd be a good fit in Josh McDaniel's system? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I you know can't say uh, too much about what who's going to be available where a little bit this far out, but I definitely think right now I think he's been mocked to the Raiders by quite a few people that uh, are uh, much better at this than I am, uh, a little bit more notoriety in the league, and know have their finger on the pulse of uh, what's going on a little bit better. So I think that's a pretty good sign that he'll be there as far as his fit in the system. Um, you know, I think his, the offense that he ran at uh, Ohio State is probably going to be pretty similar. A lot of choice routes, a lot of stuff where, uh, you know, you're going to kind of be adjusting, doing some side adjustments and adjusting your route based on the coverage. And that's a big part of McDaniels' offense. Plus, like I talked about before, you know, he's another guy that can run. He'll probably run. I think I think he's expected to run about the four threes and the 40-yard dash, something like that. So, that's always a plus two, and he can win down the field. And uh, he's got some pretty impressive hands too. So he's one of my guys that uh, I'm definitely looking forward to. I've been watching a lot of it for a while because um, I thought he was going to come out last year and uh, ended up coming back to school. But he's a guy that I absolutely think is on the table at 22, and one of the guys that. Uh, you know, I'm pretty happy with it. They ended up walking away with him on draft day. You know, you mentioned a lot of different, uh, you know, draft experts or so-called experts. I kind of say that in air quotes because it's always such a crapshoot. But uh, they have <laughs> been mocking uh, Chris Olave to the Raiders. And one write-up yeah. says if the Raiders want to keep up with the offenses of the Chiefs, Chargers, and perhaps the Broncos, then they're going to need another weapon for Carr. And Olave can make plays down the field and shake defenders on immediate, uh, intermediate routes. Uh, do you think that that's one of the goals that they have to do going into this draft and even in free agency? they have to think about the other teams in the division and, and their high power offense or their opportunities to have high power offenses i mean yeah definitely i mean kind of uh kind of like what we alluded to i think uh one of the other times we're talking about with uh with the chiefs around you know they're you know they're always going to put up points even if you have a, a great defense you can never really rely on being able to to uh slow them down for an entire game got to kind of keep up and keep the pressure on them same goes for the chargers and Broncos are forever that team. If they can get their quarterback right, they can be deadly with all the weapons they have on the outside. So I definitely think the Raiders do need to keep up with the Joneses a little bit, if you will, um, the rest of the conference and, you know, make sure they still have that explosive offense. And I mean, like we were talking about, they really could use that guy that, that can, uh, you know, force teams to play, play with those safeties deep, open things up for Hunter Renfro after the catch. And even a guy like Darren Waller too, who, uh, Hopefully we should be healthy and back ready to go next season. Talk right now with Matt Holder from Silver and Black Pride on uh, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And let's go ahead and turn our attention to the trenches. How about in the offensive line? Uh, got a lot of people hitting me up talking about Trevor Penning, <laughs> the offensive lineman out of Northern Iowa. Uh, do you think that he's a guy that could man that right tackle position for the Silver and Black? I tell you what, man, if there's a guy in this draft class that's born to be a Raider, it's Trevor Penning. He's <laughs> a mean, nasty dude. Like, if you just watch Flo on his film, he's a – 
he's shoving guys every after the play or after the whistle a little bit too much sometimes, but pretty much every chance he can, he can finish blocks. I mean, he's a guy that really intrigues me. You know, not a lot of guys that from uh, Northern Iowa we're going to be talking about as potential first rounders. The one thing that does worry worry about me with him is I don't know how he's going to be able to handle or hold down the edge as like on a, from, a, from an NFL speed perspective. Didn't face that point against the the old farm boys up in Iowa quite as much, and uh, you know didn't face a whole lot of NFL competition. Obviously playing at that level, and uh, did struggle with that a little bit at the Senior Bowl. But um, I think once he or he was a guy that kind of got better as the, the week went on, so things started to slow down for him a little bit um, and everything. So. That's definitely somebody, a guy that I'm kind of look, looking at uh, with that 22 spot again. You know, I think he kind of will fall in that range. He's another guy that I think uh, a lot of people need to keep their name out for or, or look out for. Um, again, I, I'm a big fan of him. A little skeptical, uh, just a little bit hesitant, like I said, about how, how how well he'll be able to hold down on the edge and didn't have the greatest senior bowl that I would have liked. But, yeah, I mean, he's definitely a guy that. I like him. He's a mean, nasty guy and a guy that was certainly born to be a Raider. Let me ask you this. If the Raiders don't address the right tackle position in, in round one, uh, obviously there's more rounds to the draft than just one. Uh, do you think there's – do you have an eye on somebody that could potentially be a, a day two guy or even a day three guy that you think could slide into that spot and, and hold it down? Yeah, I think one of the guys that's kind of going to be uh, – that I'm going to plant my flag in as my guy is going to be a Darian Kennard, uh, offensive tackle out of Kentucky. Some people view him as kind of a guard, and he's kind of in that fringe, I think, fringe first round, you know, second round category for me. Um, a guy that I actually have a little bit higher than Penning right now. I'm a little bit more bullish than most people on Kennard. Again, a lot of people think he's a guard, too. Um, but I think he showed up, like another guy at the senior bowl that showed up and uh, was one of the few guys that could actually block Jermaine Johnson out there and um, held, that, held his own over on the edge. So I think. He's a guy for me that I'd be really happy with if they ended up walking around in the second. And honestly, I would kind of be, uh, I wouldn't be too disappointed if they ended up taking him in the first two. Um, I know that probably won't be the most popular pick come draft day uh, if that does happen, but I'll, I'll be sitting here smiling. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, he's a guy probably in the second round that people can look forward to. Um, that uh, I'd be really, really excited for. Well, you know, no one really ever gets too excited about the trenches when you're addressing them in the draft, but they're obviously needed. You know, <laughs> they're needed in a major way. How about flipping it on the defensive side of things? How about Georgia defensive lineman Jordan Davis? He's a big man, 6'6", anywhere from 340 to 360 pounds. He's a guy that I've seen many different people mock to the Raiders as well at number 22, be that dominant nose tackle for this uh, Patrick Graham defense. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jordan Davis and, and how he could contribute for the Raiders? Yeah, so with Jordan Davis, I mean, he's – to put it simply, guys that are six foot six and 360 pounds just don't grow on trees. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, they can right. move like he can. Like, you're not going to find many people like that. So I think that's one of the biggest things that he's got working for him. I'm a little worried about his kind of, like, lack of pass rush in that sense. And uh, I, But, I mean, as far as being a boulder against the run, I mean, you're not going to move that guy. You might need three guys to move that, that dude. I mean, uh, he is a guy that I think, you know, kind of uh, ironically, if he – would drop like 20 pounds and get down to 340, which sounds crazy as I say it out loud. Uh, to think think about it that way, it might do us a little bit better to uh, help him out as a pass rusher. It definitely can play the one technique, can play uh, play on the nose and be that two-gapping guy. But the guy that I kind of like a little bit better is actually going to be his teammate, Devontae Wyatt. Um, not not nearly as big, only about 307 pounds, only only with uh, air quotes there. Right. And um, uh, But uh, a guy that is pretty damn athletic for a, for a 300-pound dude, a guy that I think uh, uh, gives you a little bit more as a pass rusher, can hold up on one-on-one blocks uh, against the run. A little worried about how he can do against double teams, which will obviously be an issue at defensive tackle. But he's a guy that, I, you know, another guy that I think has kind of been a riser in the last – 
you know, a few months or so, and I think he's going to test well at the combine for being a defensive tackle. So I think he can be a guy that has a lot of athletic potential that I'm really excited about one of my guys, too, for the for the draft. Who do you think out of those two guys that we just talked about, who do you think could help kind of complement Unique Ngakwe and Max Crosby the most? Well, I think kind of kind of goes twofold. Probably to make up for what at least Yannick, you know, um, sacrifices a run defense should probably be a little bit more Jordan Davis leaning towards him to again be that big boulder in the middle to kind of cut the field in half and maybe um, you know hide Yannick's run defense deficiencies a little bit more whereas Wyatt is a guy who's kind of just going to be somewhat similar to what they had this past year in the defensive tackles where he's a he's a pass rush first defensive tackle in that sense um, he's a little bit better run defender than a guy like Quentin Jefferson or even Solomon Thomas at this point but uh, yeah I mean that's if you're looking for compliments, if you're looking for a guy that um, you know can kind of add where the, where the rest of the defensive line is missing, that is probably going to be more more leaning more towards Jordan Davis. Talking all things draft right now with Matt Holder from uh, SilverAndBlackPride.com uh, here on uh, Raider Nation Radio 920. Wanted to ask you about the cornerback position. My guy is Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. I mean, that's my <laughs> dude, and I I don't think that he's going to be available. I think he's going to go very high. I think Stingley from LSU is going to go very high, even though I I don't, I don't really trust his injury history. I, I'm a little concerned about that. Yeah. But uh, as far as cornerbacks go, that's a area that I think that the Raiders really need to address if those two guys aren't available which again I don't think they will be uh, are you do you see any guys that are available in the 2022 range that uh, the Raiders may want to go after yeah I mean I think you kind of you're you nailed it right there I'd be very shocked if either one of those two guys you named uh, ends up falling 22 I think they'll probably both be in the top 10 uh, wouldn't be surprised if that ends up happening but I think another good news for the Raiders is it's another deep cornerback class where I think there are guys like Roger McCreary, Kair Elam, and uh, you know a few other names that are still in my mind right now. Where there's a good amount of guys that I think is cornerback is definitely on the table. And uh, and with that 22nd pick, you know I would, I'm a big Roger McCreary fan. He's another guy I wouldn't mind abandoning drafting it uh, in the first round. Um, I think some people have him as a second rounder right now, uh, one of those early second and and the first round guys. So. Definitely within range. Um, you know, and Elon was a guy when I watched him this past summer. I thought he was a, would be a great fit uh, with the Raiders' defense. I still think that with Patrick Graham now at the helm, he's another guy that holds uh, this cornerback class that is that a lot of people like is those tall, lanky corners that can run with those long arms to get those pass breakups. Um, McCreary's a little bit different body type. He's a guy who actually measured him with pretty short arms, which I think is part of the reason why people are down on him right now at the at senior role. He has the short arms, so I. Well, I'm a little hesitant, I guess, from that point from with him just because, uh, you know, it's hard to get over those measurables that you can't just grow um, right, right. or anything like that. But uh, he was definitely a guy that I thought used his arms pretty well for, for the ball skills to overcome it. So it'll be an, it'll be an interesting spot because I definitely think a cornerback might be one of those sneaky positions that uh, a lot of people aren't talking about right now. But could be the direction they end up going. You know, I want to ask you about a guy that uh, played really well for the Raiders last year and Casey Hayward. Uh, he was on a one-year deal. He's going to be a free agent. Uh, how much do you think, if any, he fits into the scheme that Patrick Graham plans on running uh, defensively for the Raiders? Well, I think the good news about it is Casey Hayward has always kind of been this this seen as this zone corner type of guy. And I mean, Patrick Graham, when they were when he was with the Giants, had plenty of years where he ran a lot of zone. And you know, kind of one of the benefits of having Patrick Graham, and one of the, the also part of the frustration about finding scheme fits is his scheme adapts, which is great. And uh, you know, everything from a from a coaching perspective can make it a little bit difficult when we make these sort of free agency decisions. I think he can fit in there. Um, you know, I I, I trust that. Uh, that Graham could be able to make it work with a guy that's been an all pro in the past. Um, obviously he's a pretty good coach. And like I said, 
pretty good at adapting his scheme. I just kind of get the feeling that Hayward's probably going to be more of a, a Bradley guy. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up following him to um, following him to Indianapolis. And I, I'm not sure if the Raiders are going to afford him, especially if uh, these uh, talks with Derek Carr start to hit, heat up a little bit and they start eating up some of that cap space for this year. Yeah, no, I, I kind of I'm with you on that. I think that Hayward ends up being, uh, like you said, a Bradley guy ended up in Indy or or somewhere where they run that cover three really, really heavily. Yeah, uh, and and maybe he gets a, a big time contract. Who knows? Just from the performance yeah. he had with the Raiders in 2021. And Matt, I just got a couple more uh, questions for you. How about the quarterback position? Not that I think that the Raiders need to go out and address the quarterback position, at least not early. <laughs> but yeah. uh, do you, since this class is not one that everyone's talking about as far as the quarterbacks being just great, uh, do you think that there may be some teams Teams that start to get desperate for one of these guys that could potentially be first-round quarterbacks and, and maybe trade up a little bit early and, and some talented guys start to drop? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think that's on the table. I feel like that's kind of on the table um, every year, you know, with the, how important the quarterback hit position is um, in the league nowadays. I mean, just look at last year, we had a strong strong quarterback class and everyone was trading up and guys like Penny Sewell end up falling into, into the Lions' lap at pick seven. It was a top three, top five talent. Um, but I mean, it definitely can happen. You know, I definitely start to panic, especially if they have their guy where I think that's going to be the case with a lot of, uh, with a lot of teams this year is you're going to see a lot of teams split, you know, some guys like Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Carson Strong, yada, yada. Um, and I think the draft boards could look a little bit different and maybe you get to some, some panic from that standpoint. So I definitely think there could be, uh, maybe someone that falls into the, Raider, the Raiders lap. If, uh, some of these quarterbacks start to slide and maybe they, they have a little run on them in the, in the late teens or the early 20s. And finally, with the quarterback position, sticking with that, uh, I, I will address the Raiders and their their quarterback situation. I've always been in the belief that you should draft as many quarterbacks as you can and see <laughs> which one fits and see if a guy fits and maybe he develops some point to be uh, the next guy or maybe he just ends up being a really good backup. Are there any later-round quarterbacks that you think the Raiders may have interest in, just as, like I said, developmental guys? I think one of the guys that I'm be curious to see if they want to pick up in sort of the middle rounds would be uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher his name because I always say it wrong. It's Billy Zappi from uh, Western Kentucky. He was a guy that um, you know broke all of Joe Burrow's records kind of silently this year playing in the, a smaller conference. Uh, that was a guy that obviously has quite the pedigree, a little bit smaller. I don't think he has as big of an arm. Uh, haven't been paying too much attention to the quarterback so far in the draft, like because like you said. Obviously, the Raiders not a huge need for them, but right. he's definitely a guy that's intriguing just by his numbers alone. And I mean, anybody that puts up whatever six thousand yards, or whatever he did, eighty touchdowns, or whatever he had, uh, the the insane numbers he had in college, you know, is at least worth giving a look into. The other guy I kind of already mentioned him too, would be Carson Strong. He's a guy that has a has a cannon for an arm. Um, not sure where he's going to get drafted. Uh, he's kind of another one of those guys where. You know, you can see some people talk about him being a first-round pick if the team falls in love with him, and other people saying he's a fourth-rounder because he has accuracy and mobility issues. So we'll see how that goes. But he's a guy that uh, – another guy that's on the table. If, if the Raiders want to nab a backup because uh, they are going to be without Mark Mariota and uh, likely without – my guy Nathan Peterman, uh, unfortunately, moving forward, uh, so <laughs> they are going to be in the backup market. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. They they are going to need that, and, and I just think it's the smarter thing to do is to draft a guy, even if it's a little bit later on, and just see if he develops, you know, and, and if he does, great, and if he doesn't, well, then, you know, you, you, you do what you got to do, but 
Drafting a quarterback yeah. I never have a problem with. Well, Matt, great stuff as always, man. I definitely appreciate picking your brain a little bit about the draft, and it's early in the process, so uh, we'll definitely do this again as it starts to get a little bit closer. Obviously, the combine's coming up, and uh, you know there'll be a lot more. Free agency will have a lot to do with it as well, kind of what the Raiders do in, in free agency and what the rest of the league does in free agency as well, and then you'll really start to get an idea of what the draft could potentially look like. So, uh, Silver and Black Pride, you got anything coming out that uh, Raider fans need to be on the lookout for? I'm just dropping my uh, normal scouting reports, kind of going over a little bit what we're talking about here. Just a lot, obviously a lot more detail. A lot of guys I mentioned are already up on the site too. So uh, yeah, just be up on the look up on the look for those and uh, be out coming out. Pretty much trying to do one a day. So one day from now until draft. There you go. Uh, yeah, man. Draft uh, April 28th is when the first round gets kicked off right here in Las Vegas. You can find Matt on Twitter at mholder95 and with us here on Unnecessary Roughness. Matt, thank you so much for your time, my man. I do appreciate you and we'll be talking soon. Thank right, you. Thanks for having me on, man. Pleasure as always. No doubt about it. There he goes. Matt Holder, silverandblackpride.com. A fantastic little breakdown of the draft. And we're going to do a lot more of that leading up to April 28th, uh, the first round of the draft. So uh, good stuff right there from Matt. You know what? Let's go ahead and give out some stuff, right? Why don't we go ahead and give out some stuff? You want to go to a hell of a concert? I got tickets to a hell of a concert for you going down at Allegiant Stadium. Matter of fact, it's called the Stadium Tour. I'm looking for caller number 11 right now. You want to go see Motley Crue. You want to go see Def Leppard, one of my favorites. You want to go see Poison. How about Joan Jet and the Blackhearts. I got all those tickets for you, and I got them for you right now. Hit me up, 702-365-9200. Looking for caller number 11 here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Gotta give a big shout out to Matt. Just got hooked up with a pair of tickets to go to the stadium tour. Big time show. Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, Joan Jett, and the Blackhearts. All going down September 9th at Allegiant Stadium. He's going to get hooked up with a pair of tickets. Don't worry, we got more of those on the way. Want to give a big shout out to my guy Matt Holder, silverandplaquepride.com. Join us in the last segment to talk all things draft. I also want to shout out my guy, Mailman Raider, on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187. Imagine an offense that has Waller, Renfro on the insides and Allen Robinson and Chris Olave on the outside. That'd be absolutely no excuse for D.C. with that. Uh, that would be an awesome offense. I like that. Good stuff, Mailman Raider. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Let's go to Juan the Smasher. What's on your mind, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, Q? What's up, Demon? Chilling, man. Chilling. Hey, uh, I just, I'm getting tired of these teeth. And I hope that we can somehow, some way, get Adam. I don't know how, but just make it happen. Because I'm, I'm sick of these teeth, man. And we need something to keep up with those fools. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Yeah, and I'm getting tired of it because every time, every time I gotta deal with these Chiefs fans, deal with these Charger fans, and we just need a number one weapon. Hey, come on, Davis, make it happen. All right, good stuff. Thank you for that. Appreciate you. Yeah, getting tired of the Chiefs. I understand. As every Raider fan should be tired of the Chiefs, you know. And look, I, I remember uh, when I was in Central Texas, and I was always bragging about the Warriors when they went on their run. I remember my program director told me, "Oh, don't be one of those guys because you know everything ends quick. You know everything. It's open for a minute, but it, it closes down quick." And I said, "Oh no, I know. I'm just enjoying the moment. <laughs> I'm just enjoying the moment because yeah, once it go, once once it once it closes, man. Once that window closes, it usually stays closed for a while. So uh, yeah, I think everyone's tired of the." Chiefs, but uh, again, the Raiders' job is to to put together a roster that can compete with them, and then once they beat them, beat them consistently. That's got to be the key. Thank you so much for that call. Let's go out to Fargo Raider. What's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show. 
Uh, thank you for having me, Q and Damon. Hope you guys are doing good today. We're blessed. It's Friday. Yeah, I hear that, man. <laughs> Time and seconds to get out of here. I get off at five. Uh, I wanted to actually go with the O line. A couple of guys that we could put in on the O line. Okay. Since everybody's going uh, wide receiver, I think the O line is one of our bigger needs on that right side. We're pretty weak. Yep. So there's a couple of guys out there that don't necessarily play right tackle, but I think could make the move, like an Eric Fisher. He he yes. has done good work. The only issue with him, and this actually might play a little bit to our advantage, uh, is that he he hurt his Achilles going into last season right? when he played for the Colts. So I think that lowers his uh, numbers a little bit as far as what we would have to pay him in a contract. But he's done solid work and had been healthy to that point. Another guy that I think would be a great pickup if we could find a way to get it done would be Brandon Scherf uh, as a guard. We were told that um, Leatherwood was supposed to develop as a tackle with a veteran guard next to him uh, in incognito. So bringing in a veteran guy like Brandon Scherf um, could help him develop outside on that tackle and get him to be where he wanted, where they had originally planned him to be. He was a five-time pro bowler and a consistent guy. I think that would help us out big time, you know, and I hope we get a wide receiver in the draft that can help us open up the the field. And, I mean, a, a guard or a tackle on that right side would greatly help us get that timing down with the guys, especially since they, we could bring Zay back too. Zay, intermediate and, and short, he's a killer, man. He's great. He just can't track a ball, so he can't send him downfield. Thank you guys for taking my call. You have a good one. Appreciate you, my man Fargo Raider right there. And I'll say this as far as uh, Leatherwood goes, and I'm not trying to be the bearer of bad news, and I'm not trying to be the uh, I'm not trying to be Mr. Negative, but I don't think that he's gonna be a tackle at all in his career. I just don't think that he's a tackle. Really don't. I, I know that that's where they wanted him to be. I know that's where they drafted him to be, but I think we saw pretty early that that was not what was gonna be in the cards for him, and that's okay. I mean, hey, he's it's only one year in the books. He can end up being an all world guard, and that's fine. Just go out there and do the very best he can. I think he's got the mean. I think he's got the nasty. You see it at times. He's just got to be able to do it consistently. So my preference, and it obviously doesn't matter what I think, my preference is keep him at guard and let him master that position. Don't all of a sudden kick him back and say, all right, now you're going to try to go back to tackle. No, just look, the dude's a guard. Let him be a guard. Let a guard be a guard. Like what did Richard Sherman say? Let a wheel be a wheel. Don't try to be too much. Don't try to be, you know, don't try to be the 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 – no, that's what Richard Sermon said. He said, that's why we were so damn good in Seattle. I never heard we that all, one before. Yeah, look it up. He said, we all were, knew our role. A wheel was a wheel. The body of the car was the body of the car. Like, no one ever tried to be who they weren't. So, in my opinion, Alex Leatherwood, just let him be a wheel. Let him be the guard. It's fine. It's okay. Just make sure he's a damn good one. Don't let him be one of those rental wheels, or don't let him be one of them wheels that you go and, and you get at the store that's already like used. You know what I mean? It's just one you get on on the way to the on the way to the job because uh, you know you just had a flat tire or something. Yo, the funniest thing I typed in "let a wheel be a wheel." First thing that popped up: rental wheel. <laughs> Two fifty-eight the time on that note. Kicking off hour number two, we'll have cover three NFL news and notes of the day. This unnecessary roughness on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty.